It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Doing pretty good. What's going on, man? Not too much. We got uh, an Arthur Smith and Dean Pease press conference on uh, Tuesday. So we got a little bit, a few things to talk about from that. And then we'll look at ESPN's, I guess, initial power rankings for the 2019 season. Um, and then just a few more odds and ends to talk about. Before we do that, I remind you, right from MutacyMiracles.com, where we cover the Titans for SB Nation. So you can check us out there. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM. Terry's at T Lambert FB. Get the podcast where we get your podcast. Just search out Locked On Titans. You can, if you have a smart speaker in your house, you can play the podcast as they play podcast Locked On Titans, and you'll hear us there as well. Um, if you want to call and leave us a voicemail, we're going to try to do a voicemail show tomorrow. Uh, we have a couple. If we can get a couple more, that would be awesome. Uh, 615-787-8762. Uh, leave a message there. If you got a question, you got a comment, whatever it may be, uh, just leave us a message there. Try to keep it about a minute, and we'll get you in on the show tomorrow. Um, all right, so Arthur Smith was introduced to the media, like I said, on Tuesday. Uh, I, just if you want to give your kind of initial takeaways from watching that. Yeah, I, I think continuity. Uh, that was uh, the, the kind of the buzzword uh, of this offensive coordinator search, and I think we've got it here. Uh, he talked about how it was kind of his, his third time in this offense, so to speak. Uh, and he said he's going to keep all the language the same. Uh, so everything's going to be pretty similar, it, it sounds. I don't know if it's going to be 100% the same, but uh, definitely the same verbiage, which is going to, you know, it's just going to cut the, the learning curve in half. So that's what you wanted to see. That's what you wanted to hear. Uh, you know, I, I definitely think that's a key with, with Marcus Mariota. We've talked about how many offenses he's been in how we've had to continuously rebuild, reboot from ground zero. Uh, it doesn't sound like that's going to happen this this time around, uh, at least from a verbiage standpoint. So um, excited. Just overall, he sounded like a smart guy. Uh, you know, you pointed out he's funny. Uh, just just really uh, just really sounded bright. Uh, didn't seem in over his head, which you know you kind of worry about with a guy that's never been in this position before. But um, sounds ready. Uh, I'm kind of fired up and excited after hearing hearing him talk. Yeah, it's pretty amazing as he went through his resume. It's also amazing that he's lasted here as long as he has. Uh, We talk about a guy that's worked with four different head coaches. Uh, I mean, that's kind of crazy. Uh, Actually, five different head coaches because he goes all the way back to Munchak. So he's worked with Munchak, Wizen Hunt. uh, No, so it's just four. Munchak, Wizen Hunt, Mike Malarkey, and now Mike Vrabel. and, and, you know, a guy, and he basically said, you know, every time he just kind of kept his head down, did his job, uh, you know, did, just tried to, whenever somebody gave him an assignment to do it, you know, to the best of his ability. And that's what kept him around, made him able to stick. And, I mean, I think, as far as I know, he's the only guy on the coaching staff that, that stuck through all of that. Um, and, and, you know, he was an analyst or whatever, a quality control guy when he first got here on defense and then moved to offense, assistant tight ends coach tight ends coach and now to where he is um like you said just the different people he's talked about that he's been with um that was really cool uh you know if you don't know his dad is fred smith who is the founder of fedex and you know they somebody kind of asked him about that and he said 
I, I really like his answer on that. He just kind of said, listen, I've never, you know, mistaken my dad's successes for my successes. Talked about how his dad's really humble, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I, I thought all that was really cool to hear. Um, but, you know, like I said, it, I mean, he sounded good, sounded smart, all that stuff. That doesn't mean anything when it comes to how he's going to perform at, as an offensive coordinator. But I think you do feel a little bit better after hearing him. Um, he did say that the verbiage is going to stay the same, and had a really, I mean, I thought a, like laid out a really good case for why that was was going to be the case. Um, basically, saying, look, if we're if we change all the verbiage, you're you're going to have weeks of, of people just learning where to line up on a certain call, how to call a certain play in the huddle, you know, whatever it may be. And he's like, those are weeks that we're losing on actually installing the offense. So didn't want to do that. Was obviously very cognizant of. The, the continuity of, of Marcus and all the different guys that he's been with. So, I mean, obviously that was important. Uh, you, you like to hear all that stuff. And then, you know, they asked him about Derrick Henry building the offense around him, and he said, listen, you know, it, we would be dumb not to feature Derrick Henry the way he played the last month of the season. So, I mean, just, just kind of all the stuff that you really expected him to say. Um, you know, no big surprises. But like you say, the, the moment didn't seem too big for him. I think that was important. Not surprised by that. I mean, he hasn't necessarily been in front of the media, but we've heard from different coaches and different people that have been in the, inside that building that he's a guy that's been presenting different things to the players throughout his time with the team. So, yeah, like you said, I mean, just kind of excited to see it get rolling. Um, you know, like the verbiage is going to say the same. I don't know that the offense will necessarily be the same be the same but they're going to keep you know some of that same kind of stuff and he'll build within that my thing that i liked the most was just basically saying you know we're going to be week to week looking at what the team that we're playing how we can attack that team and we talked a lot about that about how you know you want to be in that situation you want to be like that's what the patriots do um where you know they're each week looking to where, where they can attack the other team and uh, Mike Vrabel's talked a lot about wanting to be that type of that type of team. Arthur Smith's team to get that as well. So I'm, I'm excited about it. And like you said, just kind of the biggest concern that we had was the um, was the continuity thing and, and learning a new offense and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then the, I'm sorry, not the biggest concern we had, but that was when we when we heard Lafleur was leaving. That was the reason that I think we were the most upset that Lafleur was going to be leaving. But now when you've got this, you know, you hear, you hear Arthur Smith talk, you know, they're going to keep the verbiage up the same. I think, I don't know. I don't know if, if we're going to see a huge drop-off. We're going from one rookie play caller to another. And quite frankly, a, a rookie play caller last year that I didn't necessarily think was that good as a rookie play caller. So that, it, it just kind of eased my concerns as far as the continuity standpoint hearing what he said on Tuesday. Yeah, and just forget the verbiage for a second. I mean, he knows the roster. He's been here forever. Yeah. Uh, he, he knows uh, Taewon Taylor's struggles, for example. He, he knows this run game struggles. He, he knows the, the offensive line. He knows what they what they struggled with, what they succeeded against, what situations to put them in, you know, all of that good stuff. So there's not going to be an evaluation period here with Arthur Smith. He already knows what's going on. So that, that part of it, plus the verbiage, uh, plus the playbook familiarity, um, all of that is exciting. Uh, you hope that it can can lead to to a bunch of points uh, next year. Um, and, and look, he, he said all the right things. He said all the things you were supposed to say um, that you want to hear your offensive coordinator say. Like you were saying, he he said there, there's not one way to win. We're going to attack the weaknesses. 
Um, you know, that that's not really something that Matt LaFleur had a chance to do, honestly, last year uh, with, with everything that was going on with Marcus Mariota's uh, elbow and, and nerve issue. Um, so you hope Arthur uh, gets gets the chance to do that. But, you know, I just kind of liked the, the, his answer to that. You know, he was like, it, it may not look pretty at times, but I'm going to do everything I can to win games. So uh, at the end of the day, that, that's an e- easy thing to say. Um, but, you know, that, that, that's still what you want to hear. Yeah, absolutely. So, and they said, you know, we're going to be an offensive line that knocks people off the ball. So they asked him about if he would keep the zone blocking scheme or, you know, whatever. And he was yeah, he basically said, look, we're going to we're gonna do whatever it takes to be good. Um, and so that's kind of – obviously they have to have, a, you know, a system that they run. But, um, you know, get guys in here, build it to, you know, what you have and, and kind of go from there. So like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that, uh, about what he's going to bring. All right, coming up, we'll talk a little bit about what Dean Pease had to say on Tuesday. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. So Dean Pease talked before uh, Arthur Smith, and you know I think not, not as many people are, are talking about that. You know, with good reason. Um, you're obviously more excited about the offense, <clears throat> new guy, all that kind of stuff in Arthur Smith. But it was good to see Dean Pease. Um, you know, he had been talking about how he got a clean bill of health. Um, he did, you know, go get things checked out. Um, to make sure everything was okay, it wasn't anything that, you know, I, I guess the stress of coaching and that kind of stuff was, was going to affect him long term. So good to hear all that. Obviously, you know, the, the, this defense had a lot of success. And, you know, kind of the same type of deal. I mean, he, he basically had similar things to say to Arthur Smith in that, you know, now we're, we're in year two. So we don't have to do all the install stuff this year. We can hit the ground running. Um, we can, you know, with the guys want to learn terminology, where they line up, all that kind of stuff. So I, a lot of the same similar conversations that were going on there. But I, I don't know. I mean, not, not a whole lot, I guess, a new interest there. But I'm excited that he's back. I mean, I think there were some questions with him coming in. You know, his defense has struggled the last couple of years in Baltimore. But obviously a really good coach. Obviously did a really good job here last year. And, you know, I, I think if they, can, if they can give him a couple more players – and then you have guys like Landry and Evans, and those guys continue to progress. You know, I, I mean, I think it's a good situation. I think this defense is set up to be pretty good next year. I thought Dean Peeves was fantastic last year. I, mean, I thought he, he led a group uh, to, to overachieve. Uh, I don't think the Titans roster defensively is as good as they played last year. And, and there were some down times. But uh, the way he schemed up pressure uh, and really accounted for – 
the Titans' lack of a pass rush was really incredible. So, um, like you said, happy he's back. I thought it was interesting. He said he wanted faster guys. Uh, you know, everyone wants speed, but he was talking about the defensive line when that was brought up. Uh, so he, he's not gonna. He's not wanting size. He's wanting more speed. So uh, maybe that's something to watch for as the Titans add free agents. Uh, as the Titans start to enter the, the draft period here. Uh, and, and then he hit the radio today. He was asked about Harold, Harold Landry, and he said he absolutely has the uh, the ability to be a top-flight pass rusher. But uh, he said something interesting. He said the Titans' defense and what they do is one of the most complex in the league. Uh, what they asked him to do in coverage – uh, did a lot of things that he, he was never asked to do at Boston College. So that, that might answer some of our questions of why Harold Landry was kind of slow to, to get involved with the, the defense, uh, why he didn't play more. Uh, and he said that the coaching staff has to do better uh, at simplifying things for, for these young guys. So happy he's back, happy to see what he can do uh, with all these new guys that John Robinson is going to bring in for him because it's absolutely – uh, an area of need talking about front seven. Yeah, his interview, he was on the Midday 180 today, and the interview there was really good. Um, you know, obviously we, we've had Hutton on here a few times, um, so, I mean, I guess we're a little bit partial to them, but they, they do a – Jonathan Hutton, you listen to him interview somebody, he is the most prepared interviewer that you will ever hear. Um, I mean, it's just amazing to me. I, I think the work that he puts into that, and obviously you and Minkarski knows that asking questions and all that stuff. Um but yeah, I, I thought his his talk his his time on there I think was that, I think that was today yeah uh, was uh, on Wednesday was was pretty interesting because like you said they, they got into Harold Landry and, and Rashawn Evans a lot and I mean he was asked about that at the press conference as well but yeah I mean he basically said especially with Evans you know he he, he missed camp and so the first month of the season he's getting the stuff that he should have gotten in camp in the preseason I think we kind of forget that um, and and basically said like if you look at him. You know, just coaches watching him from week one, you know, into the the last you know quarter of the season, just night and day difference, and, and how far he had come. And so, like you said, with him, with, with Harold Landry, uh, you've just got there's so much to build on there. And he talked about those guys having the ceilings and all that kind of stuff. Uh, he was very complimentary of the work that Mike Vrabel did with Jayon Brown. Talked about you know how much he worked with him and, and that kind of stuff. So, just cool to hear that. He's a, he's an interesting dude. Um, I like listening to him, and you know, he was. They asked him if he liked the Super Bowl, and he said so. It was it was gorgeous, or something like that. You know, defensive game, and, and you know, basically, he 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 was saying, you know, he watched it, and he could see that good defense was being played because there, there's a difference between you know good good defenses versus bad offenses. Um, you know, and and he thought it was a, it was a good defensive effort by both of those groups. But anyway, just, just interesting to hear his perspective and all that on that kind of stuff. And you know, talking about even like a guy like Logan Ryan, who's a veteran in the league, but. You know, being in this new system, uh, you know, him still having room to grow. And, you know, he was obviously having a great year before he went down with the injury last year. So I'm excited that, that he's back. Um, obviously, you know, happy that the, the health issues weren't anything that, that that's going to slow him down going forward because, um, you know, that was a scary deal. And he, he kind of talked about that as well. But um, like you said, anytime you have a, a unit that, that was as good as, as this one was last year, and then you know that you had a couple of, of players, and you think they can be even better. I think that's kind of what we see here. Like you're saying, they asked him if he wanted to get bigger up front, and he said, "Well, not if that means we're getting slower." You know, he said, "If you can find, if you can find me some big, fast guys, I'm all for that." 
Um, but, you know, talk about wanting the speed and that kind of stuff. And they asked him about, you know, Daquan Jones and, and his sacks and, and, and all that. And I, I thought he kind of he kind of tiptoed around that a little bit and said, you know, you, you watch some of these guys and they're not as good in the run game as Daquan Jones is. And, and, you know, like, that's all well and good. That's nice. But, you know, he said, J.J. Watt and Aaron Donald, he talked about them specifically and said, you know, they get all these sacks, but – they also are out of position, you know, trying to rush the passer and, and give up big runs. But I think we would, you know, trade some of, you know, Daquan Jones's quote, good run defense for a few more times that he actually gets after the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I think he's protecting his guy there. But, right. <laughs> but, yeah, I'd love to see him work uh, with a little more to work with than Jarrell Casey because that's all he's got up front, essentially. So, uh, you know, we talked about it a lot. They need some help up front. So Dean Pease doesn't have to scheme up pressure. You know, the whole point, uh, you know, you see these these really good defenses getting pressure was just sending four guys, five guys. Titans seemingly had to send six or seven to get home. So uh, that made his job a lot tougher. Uh, it's up to John Robinson now uh, to make his life easier. Uh, so I, I think you'll see this secondary take some, some steps forward if you can fix these front seven issues. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I think that, again, um, and, and we'll get into some off-season-type uh, conversations here in the next couple of weeks, but, I, I mean, I, that's where I hope they invest in the draft. up. they can fix some other issues in free agency, and then you can get into some of the, that, those defensive needs in the draft. All right, coming up, we'll wrap it up talking about ESPN's initial 2019 power rankings. Okay, so Terry wrote a post today on the site uh, talking about the ESPN power rankings. Uh, They ranked the Titans 17th heading into the season. Uh, You you know, I mean, I I think you can make an argument a a couple different ways on that. I mean, I I think you can absolutely make the argument that it's too low. Um, When you look at the injuries the Titans had last year, the record they had, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I I think you can make a – I think you can make an argument that the Titans are one of the – 12 to 15 best teams in the league. But, I mean, when you look at the team that's right behind the Titans in its power ranking, power ranking, the Atlanta Falcons, would it be a huge surprise next year if the Falcons were better than the Titans? No. I mean, they got Matt Ryan, they got Julio Jones, uh, they've got an early draft pick uh, to hope, you know, to probably improve that defense. So, I mean, I really think once you get into the anything like the 14 to 20 range, those teams typically are, are kind of all the same. Uh, you know, some weeks they look really good, some weeks they'll, they'll look really bad. Um, when you get up into that top ten, that's the ones that are consistently good. And I think the Titans can be one of those teams next year. But we're just kind of at this point, you know, with Marcus Mariota, but with, with the team as a whole, that they have to go out there and prove it before they deserve to be in a spot like that. Yeah, and it's worth noting that this poll was uh, ESPN employees, TV personalities, uh, all of their beat writers. So it's a national look at the Titans. Um, and, you know, it, it's put yourself on the outside and look in. Uh, what do you think of Marcus Mariota? You probably don't think a lot, um, even though we know when he's been healthy, he's been pretty good. Um, but outsiders don't know that. Um, and, you know, honestly, why, why should they? because he hasn't been healthy uh, all that often. So he's got to prove it, like you're saying. And, and yeah, you're right. I, I mean, there's probably, what, 10, 11 teams that are that are a cut above the rest, and then really from 12 to 25, I, I mean, you can throw a dart. Uh, so you can argue, 
the Titans should be 14th, 15th, 16th. Um, but they're in the right range. I mean, yeah, like you were saying, everyone around them. I mean, the Packers, the Browns, the Vikings are the teams ahead of them. So Titans could beat them any given week. Any of those teams could be the Titans any given week. So it's kind of up to them to go out and prove the world uh, that they are playoff caliber once again. Yeah, the Cowboys all the way up there at 13. I think just looking through the teams ahead of the Titans, I, I don't know, the Cowboys are an interesting team. They, they obviously played really well down the stretch. Uh, you know, they got a huge contribution from Amari Cooper. Both all the Titans go out there and beat them. Um, you know, so again, I, I think the Titans are kind of in that mix uh, with those teams, with, with those playoff teams. I mean, you know, they had good records against, if you look at the teams ahead of the Titans, um, yeah, I mean, obviously they, they never beat the Colts, but um, they, they, they beat the Eagles, who are, you know, 12th in this, in this poll. They beat the Texans once, who are ninth. Uh, they beat the Patriots, who are fourth. They beat the Cowboys, who are 13th. So, again, you know, the, the Titans are uh, they're, they're right there, in my opinion. Uh, but it's just the consistency that we, that we need to see to, to kind of get them over that hump. And, and obviously that starts with Marcus Mariota staying healthy, all, all those sort of things that we've been talking about. But I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things. And I, and I think, you know, as we go through, you know, the, the, the curve of a Titans fan, I mean, we'll, we'll spend this whole offseason kind of getting hyped up, right? You're looking at all the ways that if this breaks right, this breaks right, and this breaks right, um, all the reasons that, that all things that went wrong last year, that if they go right this year, you know, you, you've got a team that's, that's right there in the hunt. And, I mean, I, I, think, we can, I think we can make that case without being ridiculous homers. Um, but, I mean, I, I think it's kind of what every NFL fan goes through in the offseason, right? You're like, well, we, we signed this guy in free agency, we drafted this guy, so we're, we're, we're going to be right there. Um, but, I mean, I do think the Titans deserve to be in that conversation. But, you know, for the longest time, you've, you've heard a, a vast majority of this fan base, you know, we don't get any respect nationally and, you know, blah, 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 which is true. But the Titans also haven't deserved any respect nationally. And I guess the, the, the biggest point here is until they consistently win, until they can win games like that Week 17 game against the Colts, um, until they can you know, prove that they, they can actually beat the Colts. I mean, those, those types of things, that's what it's going to take for them to get back in that conversation nationally as one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, part of me wants to you know, look on the bright side and say they went 9-7 and seven with all of that crap that they went through with getting virtually nothing outside of a couple games out of Marcus Mariota. Uh, part of me wants to be really excited about that um, and, and think this coaching staff is really good, and they, they very well might be. Uh, but then I look at the division, and, and I look at Deshaun Watson, and I look at Andrew Luck, and I just see a really, really tough road. So that's kind of the dilemma there. Titans have a, a lot of steps to take, um, in my opinion, to, to get – uh, past those two teams, I, I just think the quarterback position, they, they've got it figured out. Titans don't right now, and, and that's kind of painful to say because for the longest time we thought we did. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Like you said, there, there's a there's a lot of things that have to break uh, Titans' way. It, it, there seems like there's less that has to break their way for the Colts and the Texans right now. Yeah, and so, again, that's, that, that's just kind of where we've been, at least for the last couple of years. But I guess it's better than being, you know, in the, in the back half of that. Uh, you know, those years where they were winning, you know, three, four, five games. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I'd rather be where we are. I think the future is bright 
But like you're saying, there are there are still a lot of questions that have to be answered, and unfortunately, there there are questions that it's it's going to take. They 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 can't really like really be answered until we see consistency throughout the league. It's, it's not something, that, or, I mean, throughout a season, it's not something that we're going to be able to say week three, okay, they've got this mastered because we've we've seen them go on good you know stretches, good runs before. Um, but again, you know, they're closer than they have been. So that's obviously a good thing. All right. That'll do it for today. Um, we will again, hopefully do a voicemail show tomorrow. That's what we're going to shoot for. If we get a couple more number six, one, five, seven, eight, seven, eight, seven, six, two. If you saw the Arthur Smith press conference and you want to comment on that, uh, call in, leave us, leave us a comment. That'd be awesome. Uh, just, just kind of whatever you want to talk about again, leave it to about a minute. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jay Morris MCM. Terry's at T Lambert FB. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NHL team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.